Hello, I'm Emmanuel, and this is His Word Podcast, coming to you from Grace House. In the last episode, we started a message on He Sent His Word. In Psalm 107, verse 20, the Bible says, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Whenever God wants to do anything, say healing, deliverance, protection, anything at all in the life of a man, a marriage, a home, or any people or a nation, he normally would send his word. We told us in the last edition that our response to the word of God sent to us determines our experience in life. Whether we are going to experience life or death, blessing or cursing, success or failure, divine health or deteriorating health depends on how we respond to the word of God. The effect of either trusting and obeying the word of God or rejecting and disobeying it can be very numerous. We are taking some of these effects. One is life or death. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, 30, sorry, verses 19 and 20, Moses says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death. Cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayst love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayst obey his voice, and that thou mayst cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. This is a good counsel. I join Moses to counsel you today to choose life and not death. The choice is really yours. What you choose is what you get. God will never overrule your choice in this matter. Though God wills the best for you, but but the question of choice is very crucial, and he will never do anything against your choice. In the Garden of Eden, God never did anything against the choice of Adam and Eve. The word was clear. The word that the Lord sent to them was clear. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. That was God's word to them. And the choice was theirs. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. But they chose death instead of life, and their choice prevailed. Adam and Eve chose to trust the devil rather than God and despised the word of God. But that choice which they made resulted in death. And that death was not just physical death, but spiritual death, eternal separation from God. Their death was the death of mankind. It was your death and my death. Romans 5.12 says, 
Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that. But God in his infinite mercy, in the fullness of time, chose our uh, Saint Jesus Christ, the Word of God made flesh, as recorded in John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Again, the question of choice comes in. Your choice. What you would choose is what you will get. That whosoever believes in him is a choice. Should not perish. That's the effect. But have everlasting life. Again, you see, everlasting life is the portion of whoever believes in him. That is, whoever chooses to believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible again says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. A gift is to be received or rejected. Eternal life is an offer, a gift for whosoever wills. It becomes yours only when you receive it. And to receive it is to receive Christ Jesus. I cancel you today. Choose life. The other is blessing or cursing. The other effect of God's word. When God's word comes to a man, what he does with it, how he responds to it, will make the difference between blessing or cursing. They said, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, Moses said, I call heaven and earth to record against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. We are talking about blessing and cursing. This question of choice is very crucial. Pay attention to it again. You can choose blessing instead of cursing. You can choose for your abode, the place where the dew of Ammon is a daily experience, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing as recorded in Psalm 133. You can confidently walk out from under that curse and begin to walk under the blessing. That ancestral curse, that family curse, that curse that is responsible for the reproach in your marital experiences can be lifted from your head if you choose. That cause that has grounded your business life can be lifted if you choose. The choice is really yours because God has done all that is needed to be done to lift that cause from over your head and to bring your, you under the blessing, even the blessing of Abraham. Galatians 3 13 and 14 records, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, 
that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Consider it again. Somebody, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, accepted to be made a cause for you so that instead of being under the curse, you might walk under the blessing of Abraham. On the Calvary tree, he bore all the curses you should bear, that you have no reason being under the curse anymore. All you need to do is to come under the blessing and appropriate the benefits of the cross by faith. Again, I counsel you, choose blessing. The effect of God's word and how you deal with it can also be success or failure. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 2, the word of God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. With above words, God announced the demise of Moses and the ascendancy of Joshua to the responsibility of leading the Israelites to the promised land. Put yourself in the position of Joshua and see how you would receive this kind of news. You will recall that this is the same people that God himself once described as a stiff-necked people, a stubborn generation in Exodus 32. These same people, the Israelites, as a result of their stubbornness and stiff-neckedness, caused Moses a sudden recall from his ambassadorial post to heaven's headquarters in Numbers 27. It is these same people that Joshua was suddenly called upon to lead. Now, if you are Joshua, how would you receive this call, especially against the background that Moses was a celebrated leader, and yet these people could cut his ministry short? I guess the task would look peculiar to you, and you would ask, how on earth can I make this call a success? This must have been the situation with Joshua. And the heaven's answer to that question is this. In verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. This verse contains an introduction to the believer's manual for success in life and ministry. The Bible, that is the word of God. It doesn't matter what tasks you've been called to fulfill. I make bold to proclaim to you that if you closely follow the instructions contained in God's word, the Bible, you will definitely make a good success. Take note of Three crucial issues raised in this verse and how to use this success manual or how to respond to the word of God so that you would get the desired effect that God has sent it for. Firstly, you've been called upon to make the word of God your daily confession. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. With the mount confession is made unto salvation, so says Paul, to the Romans, in Romans chapter 10. What is your daily confession? 
Is it the word of faith or the word of fear? Fear comes by what you hear. Just like faith comes by what you hear. Faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. Fear comes by hearing the word of the devil. Joshua knew the difference between the two. Himself and Caleb had submitted a minority report out of the twelve spies sent to spy the land of Canaan by Moses. The majority report by ten out of the twelve was a confession of fear and defeat. That fear came by what they heard, by what they saw. What did they say? We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. How did they know? By what they see, saw and by what they heard. But the minority report, which was a confession of faith submitted by Joshua and Caleb, said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we, we are well able to overcome it. How did that come? Again, by faith. By the word of God. By what the word of God says. By the promises of the word of God. Faith said we are able to overcome. But fear said we are not able. Faith said God is able to bring us into the land. And he will. But fear said the land is a land that eats up the inhabitants. Faith said the defense of the giant is departed from them. But fear said... We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Faith said and confessed success and victory, but fear saw and confessed failure and defeat. So what is your confession? Your confession will come by what you hear and by what word you believe. Secondly, to have a good success in life and ministry, and in our marital experiences, we must make the word of God the meditation of our heart. Again, Joshua 1.8 says, But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Meditation is the way of spiritual, spiritually processing the word of God. Call it the way of spiritual digestion, which eventually brings revelation. It's only when we follow the revelation of God's word that we are on our way to success, on our success path. And this path is further illuminated by the word of God. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, says Psalm 119 verse 105. Thirdly, to succeed in life, in our marital experiences, in our ministerial callings, or even our professional experiences, we must be doers of God's word and not hearers and speakers only. Again, that verse 8 of Joshua chapter 1 says, thou may, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. In life, in ministry, in our monetary experiences, in our professional experiences, I indeed, any other endeavor in life, the word input is equal to the word output. Or put better still, the word done is equal to the, equal to the work done. 
There is no substitute for doing the word of God. No work done is equal to no work done. Even Jesus, that great portrait of success, had a record that he not only taught the word of God, but did the word of God. In Acts chapter 1 verse 1, Dr. Luke records, said the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both began to do and to teach. Dr. Luke observed that Jesus was not just teaching the word, he was doing it. The Bible is our success manual. Show me a man or a woman that is succeeding in everything he or she does, then I will show you a man or a woman that is observing to do according to all that is written in the word of God. Can we conclude by taking also the fact that divine health or deteriorating health all comes by the type of response you give to the, you give to the word of God. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thy eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to their flesh. Most times, the health condition of a man is a reflection of his heart condition. A heartful, a healthful heart results in a healthful flesh, but a broken and dejected spirit results in many bodily sicknesses. How about this? A sound health is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones, says Proverbs 14:30. Proverbs 4.23 had told us, Keep thy word, thy heart, sorry, with all diligence. Yes, to keep your health, you must keep your heart. You must not allow the devil to ruin your heart into a refuse dump or turn your heart into a refuse dump. Otherwise, your heart will soon begin to generate all kinds of sicknesses, transmit all kinds of sicknesses around your body. Don't forget, the scriptures say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So what is your confession? Are you confessing health or sickness? It has to do with what is in your heart. The surest way to keep your heart is to Store the word of God in your heart. It is the word stored in your heart that affects your body. The word is first and foremost life and health to your heart before it becomes life and health to your flesh. Divine health is a healthful condition of your heart which propagates through your blood vessels into your entire body system. So what is your confession? What is taught in your heart will obviously and doubtlessly become your confession. If fear 
is taught in your heart, which comes from the devil, then that will become your confession. If faith is taught in your heart, then you will join others to say, with God, for me, all things are possible. You will join others to say, I am healed, when the word of God says so. The reason your health is deteriorating may not be unconnected with the condition of your heart. When you harbor such sins as hatred, malice, anxiety, bad tempers, greed, and passionate envy in your heart, what you get is a corrupted blood fountain flowing through your veins to your entire body systems. And this eventually shows up in a ruined and deteriorating health bodily. What is the way out? Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another, says James, that you may be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So what we are saying in this episode is that the effect of God's word that comes to any man, that comes to any marriage, that comes to any family, that comes to any people or nation, depends on their response to this word. Don't forget, God will always send his word. What will be your response? You're hearing the word of God this hour. What is your response to it? Will you believe God? That he loves you and sent his son to die to redeem you from your sin and by implication sickness and all the effects of sin. Will you also go ahead and believe and receive him as your Lord and Savior? Will you confess Jesus Christ today as your choice? Will you invite him to take preeminent control over your life? To be your God, to be your Savior to rule your life, to direct your life, to direct your marriage, to direct your business. He's willing to do that. And when he comes in, everything becomes different. Everything turns good. I invite you today to invite Jesus into your life by just saying a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, today I've had your word. I make you my choice. Come into my life. Wash me, cleanse me, and give me the power to become a child of God. Today I receive you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Friend, if you have made that simple prayer, I want to assure your heart that something different has happened to you. Take note of it and begin to seek God to grow in it. Until we come your way again, please don't forget to subscribe. To this podcast so that when we come your way again you will have a notification until then god bless you thank you